Are you ready to take your team's volleyball game to the next level? On the Volleypod, we talk to top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategy for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your team's game today. Good evening and welcome to the Volley Pod, Todd. How are you today? Oh, we're branching out. We're branching out all hours of the day. We go <laughs> twenty time the, of day. The Volley Pod is a twenty four seven operation. Yeah, yes. uh, I'm doing well, Davis. It's uh, it's great to be back with you and on the Volley Pod, and you know I get to talk volleyball every week. And it doesn't get any better than this. It does not get any better. We got our new Volley Cave in South Mission Beach. Beautiful down here. I got to do a little decorating. That's that's on the agenda. I got to got to spruce it up a little bit. I got to kind of surprise you when you come down here with some new decorations. That's <laughs> that's on my agenda. We'll uh, see what see what uh, of a Santa Claus brings me late in the in the year for for decorations. But we are into it. We got a great episode in store for everyone today, and it, you are up for the skill of the week. All right, we are so getting we into what I titled Transition Take Two. Okay, perfect. And I went back and I listened to episode 15. We got into transition a little bit there mm -hmm. and talked about some pretty straightforward attacker transitions, you know, four steps off the net, you know, block and then approach. And uh, so pretty, pretty good stuff. I thought, hey, it's mm -hmm. not bad, it's not bad, but I've been experimenting with some new stuff and I want okay. to get into it. Okay. And some of it comes from, uh, we talked about Rob Gray, I think is, is, uh, a guy who wrote a book called move and about this linking of perception and action, what he calls coupling. Yes. And if we think about it, uh, the, the best way for me to explain it is that they use baseball analogies. And if you hit a ball off a tee, Okay, that is just the action. There's no perception. There's no like, wait a minute, I'm gonna swing here, the ball's curving, it's coming fast, it's coming slow. I completely took the perception out. And his point is, hey, you can have, you can do all you want um, with just the action and it's gonna kill you when you get into a game. Even if you have this pretty swing, you're not gonna be able to hit the curveball or maybe even hit a fastball. Because of uh, perception. Because you're not practicing the perception. Okay. You've uncoupled it from the action. So okay. for the action to make sense, you have to couple it, which means that, hey, I'm not going to get off a, a pitching machine and hit all fastballs because it's a little bit better than hitting off a tee. Right. But the thing I have to, the best hitters have to dif differentiate. Wait a minute. Is this ball... Fastball, curveball, in the zone, out of the zone. All that perception stuff, I can't separate or uncouple from the action. Okay. Yeah. That's and so point. the question, of course, is how does that relate to us as volleyball? It's pretty right. easy to explain as baseball. And I was sitting with Saeed the other day, and we were watching a practice. And I started looking at uh, a lot of our teams, a lot of our top teams kind of do the same blocking game. And we put the pad out and they do blocking steps and they have coaches on boxes. Right. So if we just have the coach on the box hitting and the players there blocking, we just have the action without the perception. You might argue, well, there's a little perception because they have somebody next to them 
and they they do have to perceive where that person is and where she's going to stop or block when she she moves. So he said there's some perception there, but very little. Uh, of course, you know if we put a live hitter there, it is complete as right. far as uh, completely coupled with all the perception things where we have to look at the set and the hitters. Even with the coach on the box, I think we can improve it by doing some simple things like okay. tossing the ball high or low. I like that. That's a great point. So now we've added a little bit more perception. Hitting the ball line or angle. Tossing the ball on or off. Right. And by adding those variables now, maybe even making them verbalize those, uh, is that going to help us link that perception and action? And can we help our players become better blockers? That's great. What's your take? Well, hundred percent. I know you do that stuff. Right? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. That's one of your staples. Agree. And I, I don't think I've hit a ball off a box into a block for years, and not just because I can't jump anymore. It, so yeah, your hitters are all. You always have your hitters live. Yeah. Yeah, almost always. Even but a lot of a yeah. lot of our best coaches at Coast don't. Yeah, and I think I mean the coaches I think are unbelievable. And, yeah. and I mean we've done that stuff too. You know, we've oh, yeah. hit off boxes because you want. Hey, I want my players to get a feel for their hands over the right. net, what it feels like. So I want them to get some success. There's some good reasons for that and to do that. I just think it can't be done. I think it can be overdone. Yes, yes, it can't be exclusively. You know, Kessel always said, "Oh, Cody, you yeah, that? Yeah, Cody's yeah. never blocked a ball off a box ever." <laughs> you know, he cracks me up. Yeah. He's just because uh, he's way off. And I'm like, "Well, I think there's some utility there," uh, but it reminds me of kind of our last pod. You know, you can get your hands in the right place, uh, but what happens when speed is involved? Right? Does that completely change everything? So you can do everything slow when you know where the where you're going to go block. Right. But when you add speed, are your hands going to be in the same spot? Right. So the one I've seen online lately is is you know they do they'll swing block right and block a ball, then swing block left and block a ball, then swing block right, block a ball, swing block left and block a ball, all from the coach on the box. And I'm thinking that looks impressive, but is that transfer? It's pretty. It's pretty. But we want transfer. We want right. to win. Yeah. Transfer. Right. Yeah. So. The next part is a part I know we've talked about because I think I was at one of your practices and we went over this. And oh, that yes, is, yes. it's not over after the coach hits the ball. Because now, what is the next thing that can happen? And what is perceived by the blocker? And what do they make the right decision? Because now there's some decision-making involved. We wanted some decision-making on timing and on location of block and how they have their hands. And we also want decision-making after the coach hits it and the ball is blocked or not blocked. So we say in general, there are three things that can happen. Number one, they block the ball. What should happen? Well, after they block the ball, they should be right back up at the net with their hands up. And if a coach has another ball, available the coach should hit a ball immediately get another one and just just toss it right up for the player to redirect i like that i like so that. now it's coupled to a perception like hey i block a ball it was covered over right back to me and i put it down i love it i love that because that's the fastest thing that can happen would be a low over dig on coverage 
Right. That okay. would be probably faster than a setter dump. Right. Okay. And setter yeah. dump would be the next fastest thing. Right. Okay. okay. So, uh, so that would be simulating an overdig. So we're adding to that. Next thing, ball goes by the block. Find the ball every time and sprint out of the box. The box yeah. for me is a 10 foot line. Right. And I see all these blockers, they land and stand. And then we get live in games and our middles aren't transitioning. And we're wondering why. Well, we just gave them 50 reps with no trans yeah. and the ball went by them and they're not finding the ball. Uh, Such a so good point. find the ball and sprint out of the box. Where it's not over there, other things can happen. That's right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Other things can happen. Number one, it can be a bad dig. Right. And so it could be a line drive with their ankles. Yep. And are they ready for it? Are they looking over their shoulder and going, oh, hit the back of my, hit my Achilles tendon because I right. didn't turn and run. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. So second ball defense. They have to yes. be ready for an errant ball that comes right to them as they're tra trans. Next one is what happens on an overdig? So if the ball is over dug high, oh, they yes. might have to rebound and block. Yes, turn back block. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. So that's something that could happen. Right. And can we simulate that? Uh, that's a good one. I like that one too. Because when it happens, some kids pick it up, some don't. And I'm watching a bunch of video now. My team, I'm oh, didn't get it. And or hey, it's low, and they have to dig a redirect. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So can we simulate those things that happen? And cool. so in general, it's block, it goes by the block and some different things can happen. Of course, it can be dug to the center and then they're getting on their approach. Right. And the third one is what we call a PID, P-Y-D. What's that? The player deflection. Oh, okay. okay. Because I, I see coaches stopping and I see players all the time when mm -hmm. they deflect the ball and I want them to go get it. Yes. Because... We want them to play through points in practice because those things don't happen that often. When they do happen, we got to practice them. I love that. And, and I, I didn't get good at this one until playing beach because I, it's just, right. you don't train it. People don't train it. Well, I, I want them playing that one. And I will even, you know, I've never been a big, a big guy that says, hey, kick it. Right, right. But if I block a ball and it comes inside me, and I can't get my, I try to, I want my hand down in time. But if I can't do that, if I can do a Just little kick, kick to yeah, save that, kick save, sure. anything, keep yep. the ball off of there. Such a good one. Yeah, so, good point. Uh, all of those things can happen. So we don't want to be uncoupled. We don't right. want just a skill. We want to keep all those perception and decision-making choices and <laughs> They, ha they have opportunities to make decisions yes. and all this perception training. We don't want to take that out. That's right. That's why coaches say the game teaches the game, but they still have to be focused on that for the game to teach the game. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, okay. Now quiz for you now. Okay. Um, let's apply the same thing to transition from attackers. Okay. Okay. So, you go and you hit. What are the things that can happen? What's the first thing that can happen when you hit? Um, the first thing that happens when you hit, you could get... So we're talking about transition and what's going to happen afterwards. Oh, okay. So you go up and attack. Right. What I are can... the things okay. that happen after that attack? So right. we're going through all those scenarios and trying blocked. to... 
you get blocked. Okay. Right. So when you get blocked, what do you have to do next? Cover yourself. So that's one thing that could happen. You have to right. cover yourself if you get blocked. Okay. What else? Um, get ready to hit again. If someone We're, covers me, there's something, something that happens before, before that. that. Well, you mentioned it. So let's say somebody covers besides you. Oh, I might need a set. Even before that. Even before that. I don't know. You might have to let that person cover. Oh, okay. And That's not a good reach point. back yes. and kill the cover. That's a good point. Yes. In, in hopes of PYD, in, in hopes of playing the deflection off the block, reaching back and getting tangled with them. We don't well, like that. Yeah. yeah. Pins are your own deflections, right. okay? And sometimes those could be gotten by a defender. But this is the ball the opponent blocks. You right. land, and then a kid is right there covering, and you reach back and knock it away from the cover. Yeah, okay. And so practice of letting the ball People that cover you. you cover balls in front of you, but you don't cover balls behind you. Uh, I like that. And you don't cover balls that are? behind uh you don't cover balls that are out. Out, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can't cover balls that are out. Right, okay. So... I get blocked. Three things. I cover myself. Hopefully high and then trans. Okay, gotcha. I let the ball go out. Okay, and yeah. don't play it. And then I don't have to trans. I can chill. Yeah. Ball's blocked out. I tooled the block. I got a kill. Third thing, I let somebody else cover and I bust it in trans. I like it. I so like that. simple things on one thing we think we get blocked, but we start breaking it down. That's true. And yeah. there are decisions to make that we have to teach. That's a good point. Yeah, okay, absolutely. so that's the first thing. That was you got blocked. Okay, what else could happen? Hit it by the block. You hit it by the block. Okay, mm -hmm. so what are things that can happen when you hit it by the block? So over dig. Over dig. That's the fastest thing that can happen, which means you have to be ready to hit it or you score have to be ready to redirect, redirect and cover. It, so yeah. you immediately after you hit have to get to the net and become a blocker. Right. Okay. Yep. So that over dig comes along with the other fast thing that can happen, of course, is a setter dunk. Right. Yep. So, you know, one thing we do is you put a coach back there as a virus and you hit it into it and you line drive balls into left into that left front spot and make them redirect or let a setter dump it and get them to speed up their play. I like that. Uh, by doing that. Uh, what else can happen? Hit it out. Hit out or get a kill. Right. Which terminates the, the point. Right. So you terminate the point. Either one of those really doesn't matter. You might right. say, well, if I hit it out, I'm going to go to the ref and say something there was a touch. <laughs> Maybe that's what you're training. We're, we're not training that right. at our school, <laughs> right, but right. Uh, some people might be training that. We're not. Right. Uh, but I'm looking at, hey, everything that happens, and I start thinking, oh, that's kind of a funny thing that. A lot of players do when they hit that out. That is true, yes. Uh, but on either one of those, we've talked about this before. I think I know you're going to go right into go? the huddle. No, before that. Oh, even before that. Because we did talk about this. Process. Process? Which is, we called it take a picture. Yeah, take a picture. Learn from what where you attacked it and what happened. What happened. Yeah. Right. And we do this even if, we do this really all the time, but okay. you have a little more time to do it where you're not doing other things when the ball is terminated. So if you hit it out, you go, okay, where are they standing? How are they blocking me? Where are they defending? What's it look like? I like that. Yeah. What rotation are they in? Center, front row, back row in this situation. Okay. So uh, those are the uh, new things I'm getting I into like in trance. That's super cool. And it, oh man, if, if I could say this, 
so many coaches have this practice match gap where they feel they're like, oh, we play so much better in practice. And I would say you probably don't play that much better in practice. <laughs> you probably are doing drills that make you look better in practice. And some of these things, the coupling um, especially, is what will make that perceived difference become more aware of it to the coach. Right. Well, and I look at, you know, coaches can say a lot of, you know, I'm trying to look at everything I do now. And I, I see all this stuff I've had uncoupled. You know, I'm a technique guy. So all those reps of, you know, that look pretty and stuff. And I'm trying to get away from it. But even things like, you know, butterfly, you know, I see a lot of, you know, as a young coach, you use that a lot. And you go, oh, it's butterfly. We got serving and passing practice in butterfly. But if we, if we apply the, the perception there in butterfly, I know the ball's coming to me, right? I don't have to make a decision, a perception of, wait, is this to me or not? And then what decision do I have to make? Yes. That's and such so a good point. if I yeah. take out all the perception and decision-making, then it's not really an applicable drill. And I go, Hey, we, we spent a half an hour in butterfly and then we got in a game and all these balls drop between players. Right. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> we didn't practice that. Right. We didn't couple it. And I think that that coupling so, so key, like that's, I mean, you're talking about trans, but that coupling can be done in so many other facets of the game and every all facets. Yeah. We can talk about it. You probably isn't the last time you're going to hear me do it. So so cool. Cool. I love it. Cool. Let's get into uh, scenario. The scenario. What are we What are we talking about? So the scenario is something near and dear to my heart: winning three day tournaments. These are qualifiers generally for junior nationals and. I, so it's a different approach. It's a different approach, right? Than just a match play, you know. And I, I like both. Or two day tournament, or even or a one day, day or tournament. One day so tournament. you kind of differentiate. You see, you know, my club. You got to remember. I mean, I've coached very little real competitive club. You know, I was the guy who had boo boo ball local club, so I could be back at the beach by one o'clock. <laughs> right. You know, that morning yes. pool is what I love. <laughs> local and Poway. Yeah. I could get back to the beach and, and chill you know, and then if I, you know, I picked up a couple club teams and did the, yep. uh, but I, I haven't done it every year. And so just getting into that rhythm of one day, two day, three day tournaments and how you approach them is, is a cool topic. It's a cool topic. And it, like you said, it's, it is very different. You have to expend your energy differently. Right. And we're going to talk about this. Cool. Um, I frame this in three sort of categories prior to the tournament, during the tournament, and then post tournament. Sweet. So prior to the tournament, one of the things you're going to want to do if you're going to try to win a three day tournament is promote and train for consistency and durability, right? Consistency is obviously the name of the game for volleyball, even more so the longer you have to play, right? right. So some things that might work, for the short term may not work for the long term. Um, one I can think of just right off the bat is just setting your best player all the time, right? right? That works great in match play for a little while. Um, but especially in these tournaments where everyone's watching everyone play, they're going to know who your best player is. They're going to know who's going to get set and you're going to be scouted very easily by day one, by yep. match two. So that's just something I can think of. So, you know, Running a balanced offense will help, but we're going to get into that. The next thing is being upfront about how challenging it can be to win that many matches in a row. It volleyball game, a volleyball game in some 
facets is a game of luck. Like if they could hit a trickler every time out of zone four, let's say they could probably win 25 zero, <laughs> you know? Um, so we have to be realistic about what it means to win that many matches. Certain things are going to have to go right for us and it's going to be difficult to achieve that. And we want to be upfront with them about it. Um, have your adjustments ready because there will be adjustments that are necessary. So we need to have practiced those. And then I just wrote fuel. So the fuel for the tournament is mental, it's emotional, it's physical. So they need to have been fueled up before the tournament. And um, I feel I feel like a lot of the athletes wait until the tournament to start eating healthy or whatever. The people that are living the healthy lifestyle are probably the ones that are going to get the most out of their bodies. So good stuff. Yes. Yeah, so now during the, the tournament, don't take any plays off because the goal of the early part of the tournament is to get a rhythm going into the later part of the tournament. And so you don't want to take any plays off, even if you know, you can beat the teams that are, you know, right. So if, if you're, yeah. So I think that's, there's, there's a kind of an art to, I don't know if it's art to that, but there's a, you know, the best teams are able to approach those matches in a consistent manner. Yes. And if you're talking about winning the tournament, that means that you're good enough, probably you're going to probably have a couple matches where, you know, you're bigger, faster, stronger than your opponents. And, you know, you're much, you have, you're more talented. Yeah. And if, and if that's the case, there's, there's a couple opportunities there. One is to get people in yep. so that your best player is not tired on day three in the, in the playoffs. And the other is to play really hard, even though your best player may not be in it's the, it's the play, as the same way you want to play on day three, you play on day one. Yeah, you know, I think we might have mentioned this before, but I like that idea of, especially if you have, let's say, a group of starters and then some subs, that when you're playing a team like that, the starter's job is to get the subs in. And yes. it's a team thing. It's like, hey, you got you should be playing harder in this than normal because you're playing to get your teammates in who are supporting you all the time. Yep. I love that. And we got to get a lead here, you know, if we're behind, if we're just hanging out and it's 2020 and then we're pulling out at the end, it's hard to play those players. If you're yeah. talking about winning the tournament. Absolutely. Because they're cruising. Yeah. And I love the way that, that, that you frame that. Like it's a team thing. We want to get everyone in and it's, it's, it behooves us to get everyone in. Right. Yep. Cause then everyone, you can divide the labor amongst more people. Yep. Right. Um, I'm going to say it again, play well in order to play well. I know this sounds kind of backwards, but it's like you want to start getting you want to start playing well before the playoffs hit. So you need to start playing some good volleyball it means getting big swings, you know, full speed defense, serving tough, all those good things, because there is something to a rhythm of yep. play, um, have a sense of urgency, but no rushing. So I think fine line, that's a fine line, right? Yep. And with those early early matches, a lot of times there's no sense of urgency. Um, and a lot of times in those later matches, there's way too much rushing or way too much. Um, yeah, they're on edge. They're on edge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's two things in that. First of all, have them play in that on edge in practice so they can get used to it. Okay. And then secondly, um, just like you said, it's it's that fine line. It's finding that that crest of the wave and being right on that crest and riding that crest. There's something fun about it. Um, 
when the team starts rolling and getting a little rhythm, yep. some so fun to it. Um, give up on playing perfectly. Playing perfectly can be a distraction. When you're at that level, everyone is going to make everyone, quote unquote, look bad, right? Right. And I, I think if you're preparing for the end, that's really important. Yes. Because then you're going to be playing a good team. Yeah. And you're going to face adversity. So if you face a little bit earlier, it's like, hey, this is just what we need to get ready. Absolutely. And I've had so many times they say, you know, we needed that, that loss, right? We needed that loss right. early on. Right. Well, I just think that, yeah, I just think that, hey, we want to face, you know, we want to be, you know, stretched. Yes. And you can't be stretched when you're cruising and parents want to win and they want to cruise every match against the team. Ah, oh, I can't believe we didn't. Hey. You want to play your best when your best is needed. That's exactly right. <laughs> You're not going to play yes. your best. No team plays its best all the time. It, otherwise, it wouldn't be their best. Right. You're right. It would just be average. <laughs> yes. And and I put that here. Expect to be challenged. And when you do, respond with joy and energy. Joy and we energy. We love this. And I, I, I like find myself it. saying, we love this. We yeah. love this. Okay. And that's sort of during. I hear you say that. That's good yeah. stuff. <laughs> and then uh, after, recover like a champion. Because, I mean, those tournaments are hard. Um, between matches, fuel, scout, relax, prepare. And if I had to put those in order, I'd probably say fuel, like is probably okay. more important than scouting. Um, in my mind, as, uh, especially as this tournament gets longer, a nice bath goes a long way. Get rid of distractions, including winning. Winning can be a deterrent to, um, winning. You can focus so much on winning that you're not focused on what you should be focused on, which is the present moment. Yeah. And, um, whatever happens, Play your best, learn from it, enjoy the experience. I like that. I'll yeah. throw one more thing yeah, out please. there. And that is the surrounding noise sometimes, oh, right? Yes. Some of that might be parent-driven. Some of it might be other coaches from the club who are coming to watch and things that they say. But the players are influenced by all that. Yep. And can you preempt that too? And I almost make it a joke. Like, hey, what's the stupidest stuff you've heard people say before you've played a big match? Yeah. And so then when people hear it, it's like, ah, I heard somebody say this. It becomes kind of like a team joke awesome. rather than, oh, I can't believe she, you know how good that kid is on the other team? She hit, you know, a hundred, you know, a hundred percent last match. You right. know, she hit a thousand against this team who's really good. What are we right. gonna do? You know, I mean, right. just all this stuff that just gets in the way of what you need to do to get ready to play those big matches. Totally. No, I, I love that. Yeah, and it, there's some funny ones that I've gotten too. Where as a coach, are you pumped, coach? Are you so <laughs> pumped up? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly pumped up. I'm gonna do my best coaching out there. You know, but no, yeah, right. That's such a good one. So. Yeah, so I mean, winning those tournaments is fun, but and I wanted to state this like it was only one, you know, that wins it, and that's why I wanted to end with enjoy the process. Right, one team wins. Yeah, right? one team wins. And, and, so. and hey, can you get better? And you know, we're always trying to say, hey, did we get better? And are we more together? I love that. those yeah. two things. Yep. Absolutely. Right. All on. right. So All you right. got some videos. Videos. Okay. We'll start with Middle Trans, Karts Karai. Okay. That guy, he's a pretty, he's, he's, he's okay. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's all right. Uh, the second one is one that is was off my normal radar because usually my radar, AOC radar, is under five minutes. Okay. Because I like to watch the short ones today. I want a full variety pack. Right. But Michelle Collier had this 50 minute 
finding effective solutions to various transition situations. Okay. 50 minutes. I got to watch a bunch. I got through 20 minutes of it. It was great. I, I marked it. I got to go back to it. It's awesome. Uh, Georgia cool. Tech coach. She's pretty good. Okay. I really don't know her. They've been getting better. Oh, I know they're, that. they're good. Yeah, they're they're really 10. good. Yeah. Top 10. Yeah. And then Christy Johnson okay. uh, has the last one. Uh, the art of training trans. Okay. And so she got into a, a little, uh, some of the intricacies that I liked that I had thought about that was, uh, you know, some setter stuff that was kind of fun too. So. Very cool. As usual, those will be on the show notes and you can go check those out on the Art of Coaching website. So now you have a resource. I got a really cool resource. I'm actually going to show the people on, uh, on YouTube. It's called Axio 360, Axio Training. In here is this little ball. So describe it well, so okay, for so, our pod listeners. So it's, it's, a, it's it, a handle and like a round. Round. What does it look I like? Know, like? I don't know. It looks like a Frisbee that's hollowed out with, with a handle, handle in the middle of it. Right. And in the outside of the Frisbee, around the around the outside, is just, there's a ball inside this sort of rubbery thing. that, And your, job, it, it, your job is to send the ball around on the inside of this thing. And you get this centripetal training effect that's really good and it's quite a workout and as you can hear this ball's going around right now and i'm flexing my whole core right now <laughs> <laughs> and the way i'm using this with my team is we're just trying to take a little better care of our shoulders and so we feel like we're hitting hard so we're trying to use this once a week we spend about 10 minutes and and we we do a bunch of stuff for for the body to try to take care of our body and so we're using this one time a week and um, axio so it's a x i o training yep a bunch okay. of baseball players use it it's great for stabilizing the shoulder joint it's just an overall core workout and it's actually it's you look at it and you think oh it's not too hard but you you, you no, know I, you, I did it's, it's hard it's actually pretty and my killer. shoulder needs it yeah. so it's good for me i'm, so, I'm getting one i'm, yeah, I'm in i'm cool. in Awesome. So, right on. What you a great, great David. We started with some uh, trans two today. Yep. Then we had your scenario with the three dayer. Yep. And then a couple videos and the Axio 360. Awesome stuff. Thank you. Great pod. Thank you, Todd. Take care. See ya.